Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA. Good evening, everyone, and wow, welcome back. It's been, a, it's been a long summer, but a good one nonetheless. And in the studio this evening, we are very, very fortunate to have the Bry radio legend himself. Uh, Dr. Pullen is here with us today from a little bit of Bry Island Disc. So, Dr. Pullen, you, along with quite a few others on the wall now we were just speaking about, uh, are going to be joining the, uh, the many um, on, on the, well, the, the legendary Bry Island. So, um... Yeah, so so talk to me. I've got I've got a first question for you, really, Doctor Pullen. Is what sparked your your interest in in getting involved with with Bry Radio in the first place? Uh, was it your passion for sports? So uh, thank you very much, Ollie, for introducing me. And um, yeah, very honoured to be back on the airwaves. This time talking something other than sport. You know, reflecting on mu- music and you know perhaps events for my life or whatever. I'm not not quite sure what I'm in for here. But yeah, Bry Radio, I mean, I just, when I heard about it, I just thought it was one of the best ideas ever for, um, you know, a school kind of co-curricular activity. When I was at university, um, at probably the best uh, university in the world, as an undergraduate at Exeter University, I got massively involved in the um, radio station there, particularly doing sport. And I've always had this passion um, for all sorts of sport. Um, and that's where the idea, you know, to have a school sports show came from. I just thought it would be a great idea to get kids um, and young young adults reflecting on their on what they enjoy, their passions. You know, whether that's, for example, under 14B netball on a Saturday or talking about England's test match win against South Africa. You know, I just thought it's a nice op- opportunity for kids um uh to throw themselves into you know a passion that many of us share basically um and thankfully i've been joined by some other very keen staff people like mr morris um and mr carter who also love just talking sport all afternoon um uh, and it's a nice way you know to to give some of that interest back uh, to our listeners i guess uh, and it's always a it's one of genuinely one of the highlights of of the, of the week if not the fortnight when it comes round to uh, 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 my uh, talk sports show uh, on a Tuesday night, which is it's not happening this week, but little plug next Tuesday will be the first, the first one of the season, the first one of the new season, the autumn season. Mark your calendars, everyone. Doctor Phil is going to be back next week, yeah. which is exciting for all of us, yeah. myself included, definitely. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Exeter University there, actually, uh, which is really close to home for me. Actually, I'm, I also uh, I'm I'm based down in Devon as well, so so very interesting when you mention Exeter. How does the uh, the kind of radio program there compared to, I mean, what we're kind of fostering and building up here at Bryanston. I tell you what, it's absolutely, I mean, there's hard, there's very little to, to choose between them, to be honest. We have a fantastic facility here. When I first saw it, I was absolutely stunned. And certainly facilities wise, it's just as good. What Exeter has is the the student radio, which I'm not sure whether I'm allowed to mention on air. It might count as some kind of advertising. It, it, the, the station has a bit of a history, so it does genuinely get listened to by local people in Exeter, and it gets um, there's a there's a, uh, a an actual aerial for it in the city, so it gets broadcast around. You can actually tune into it from your car, for example, uh, uh, in the city. So it probably has a slightly wider uh, listener range, but it's exactly the same sort of thing, you know interested amateurs uh having a go with some amazing tech and some amazing equipment 
um, uh, you know, playing playing at DJs basically. And you know, back then it was so fun. We used to do things like, for example, um, the sports team back there. It was it was an Ashes series in Australia one of the winters there, and we'd come into the studio at sort of two in the morning and do live commentary all night long to probably some just some one person listening or whatever. Uh, <laughs> but it was just a good laugh and and a good. Uh, 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 you know, as with most things at university, it's a good way to make friends um, and, you know, uh, have a different social sphere to your sort of immediate immediate housemates. So, yeah, if, if anyone does go to university um, and has enjoyed either getting involved or listening to Bry Radio, I would massively uh, uh, recommend, you know, checking out whether your, your um, place of choice does have um, a student radio because it's great fun. I would say. Oh, 100%. I think university, um, hopefully, I mean, I'm talking kind of in the future for me, <laughs> but I mean, university, school, it's a great way to kind of build up your talents, build up your background, your roster, really, to, um, to, to you know, be able to use and to, you know, uh, employ a little bit later. Um, so, and that's hopefully something we're, we're trying to do with uh, the students here at Bryanston with Bry Radio. So, um, just moving on, really, um, 21 Guns by Green Day. I mean, I, I, I'm so glad. I was, we were saying actually just before um, that your song choices are, are incredible, to be honest. I'm a, I'm a Green Day fanatic, really. Um, so 21 Guns, why the choice? So Green Day is probably, of all the bands, the first one I remember having a genuine passion for. Uh, uh, like I would, you know, as a, as, a, as a young child, and I'm talking here between the age of sort of five and ten, I would listen to music, but Green Day was the first uh, band that I actually went out and bought uh, uh, a CD for, basically. Um, uh, and 21 Guns is probably my favourite song by Green Day. There are many others. Another one I was thinking about playing tonight is Wake Me Up When September Ends. Uh, but then maybe I thought actually a little bit too downbeat given the time of year and recent events. So actually maybe it's a better outcome that we're playing we're playing um, uh, 21 Guns. It's, you know, it's an absolute banger, to use a bit of a, a cliche, uh, that sort of marked really the end of Green Day as a real sort of global force of band. You know, when it's, all, it's all a bit of a mystery, really, what happened to them after that. But uh, this, this is something, a song to remember them by, I reckon. Absolutely, a legacy. Let's hear it now. Thank you. When it's not worth dying for Does it take your breath away And you feel yourself suffocating Does the Why do you 
song one of my favorites seriously and i'm glad it's one of yours too dr pullen um now you mentioned actually which i thought was really interesting about um a cd and green day was i think your kind of um i guess your cd debut really like that's where you kind of originated is that right so uh yeah, yeah. probably i mean it's the earliest one i can remember buying i think it was it was probably american idiot but also Around then, there was a Red Red Hot Chili Peppers album I remember buying and some others as well, but yeah. Yeah, incredible. So that's really interesting, actually. So um, going kind of back a little bit, I guess, going back a few steps, um, early life and, and school. So talk to me a little bit about school. I mean, I know you just mentioned uni. So how, how was school compared to uni? Yeah, so I really enjoyed my time at school. I, um, I was very lucky that my mum taught at a local prep school and I went there, um, you know, played a lot of sport there found discovered a real passion for uh classics um then uh boarded a bit at a grammar school in kent which funny enough coming from a resident now a bit a bit witty i didn't i wasn't actually a big fan of boarding um and hence went to um a uh catholic school in sussex worth school um or uh for sick form um which i absolutely loved um, uh, and yeah, so generally my memories of school, uh, apart from boarding as an early teenager, um, were were very, very, very happy, to be honest. Good. No, that's lovely. That is really lovely. Um, so and classics, did you, is that where you kind of fostered fostered your love? For, yeah. So classics? so classics was, yeah, I, I, a bit of a slow burning love, but 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 definitely always there in that I, I my mum happened to be a Latin teacher and I guess I've I've now followed suit, which is quite funny. But um, I had a real, um, I, I just found learning Latin quite easy, really. And it suited my kind of brain from an early age. And then coupled when I matured a bit with a kind of appreciation and understanding for literature, um, basically, I had the right sort of skills to be uh, quite a good classicist, I guess. Um, I didn't get the chance at any of those schools to learn Greek. Um, before university which was a real shame um i also i at my at my um uh, at, at, at worth school i was very much tipped as um a bit of a shoe-in for oxbridge and actually didn't get in um and 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 that that was probably quite a disappointment to me but actually in reality ended up in a place where i i ended up spending seven years you know doing a, an undergraduate and a and a and a and a postgraduate and whatnot but so so I, I had my ups and downs with it um uh but in general yeah throughout really loved it i think with classics i mean and i'd like to think this is the case here as well for those who study it here you're 
the teachers you get always have something about them usually and i'm not going to name names about members of staff here but I, you all know who i'm talking about uh, and my experience as a child was the same as that looking back like it was always to me it was always really the latin teachers who had the who had the the biggest effect on me and that might have been because i found their subject interesting or whatever but but um but you know I, I was very lucky to have some very interesting characters basically throughout who kept me interested in it basically yeah i think it's and i definitely kind of resonates with me quite nicely as well actually when you say uh, i think kind of the the almost the weird and wacky teachers i feel like they stick with you um and you almost foster a love for their their subject almost more than more than others which is quite nice um and you also said about um you know the oxbridge the kind of campaign for that um now i mean it's obviously incredibly tricky to get how did that how did that challenge and that um that setback affect you were you extremely disappointed did it not affect you that much um so the, the reason i was disappointed is because i think maybe and this is something that any school could learn i think maybe the, the because i was applying for quite an obscure course and because i was known as being quite good at it um i i, I think my school almost put too much expectation on me to to achieve it and and you know it's sort of I gave it my absolute all and and the reaction from certain causes was like, oh what went wrong and you're a bit like well that that so so that's something to definitely uh, learn learn um, from that perspective that you know it's it's tough regardless of the course and regardless of how good the training has been and you know I I don't know I maybe I gave a bad interview or whatever or mucked up an admissions test that's that's just the way it is but you know really I I, I the for I fought for maybe five seconds about taking a gap year and coming back the year after, but very quickly was like, no, I'm, I, you know, I've been to Exeter before. I've met people in the department there. It's a kind of town I, I'd like to live in, so I'll go for that. And really, haven't genuinely haven't looked back um, since then in that regard. Yeah, Exeter is truly quite a nice place. Chris Martin from uh, from Coldplay, I believe, from yeah, Exeter. So he is indeed. Really, and, really and is a strong town. Yeah, uh, several members of Muse went there as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's good. We're, as we're talking music, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, and your your second song, actually, uh, by Avicii on the music topic, uh, Wake, uh, yeah, Wake Me Up. Yeah, and this, this one... Um, generally i don't listen to very upbeat music uh basically and you'll get that sense from from the songs i'm going to play but i felt i needed one that kind of evoked some sort of memories of sort of when i was your age you know the odd dare i say it party or university uh night out and this around then was one that was often being blazed out late at night uh at various sort of gatherings and stuff so and and also you know a tinge with sadness again actually because avicii was very sadly taken away from us all yeah. too soon an absolute genius um and i think this is a great song absolutely let's hear it now feeling my way through the darkness guided by a beating heart i can't tell where the journey will end but i know where to start they tell me I'm too young to understand They say I'm caught up in a dream Well, life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes So that's fine by me So wake me up when it's all over When I'm wiser and I'm older All this time I was finding myself 
Dr. Pullen, what a song, may I add. Um, well, you previously, I think, over the last, um, yeah, well, while, while we've been here this evening, you've, you've mentioned uh, sport, obviously. You you do your um, your bi-weekly uh, sports show, which is incredible. And, um, yeah, you have a passion for sports, which is, which is great. Uh, you mentioned the Ashes as well, you know, cricket, lovely. Is there a particular sport you have in mind that just kind of really ticks with you, that you watch or play or anything, really? Well, put it this way, Ollie, when I was... Uh, 11, am I right? No, 10 or maybe nine, actually. I had no interest in sport whatsoever. I happened to have a very sporty uh, younger brother and my family were all obsessed with sport, but I had no interest in it at all. You could not make me play any sport. You could not make me watch any sport until one day, uh, one fateful day, I happened to be sat because uh, literally my whole family was sat in the living room watching this. It was the, the penultimate day of uh, the Ashes 2005, uh, um, the Edgebaston test. Um, and for cricket fans amongst you, this this turned into one of the, the great games of all time of any sport. Um, so I can basically pin down my interest in sport to that one day. And, and from then on, basically for about... For about five years, it was probably pretty much just cricket. Um, but gradually, you know, I so I then became interested in golf, in rugby, in football. Till now, I'm pr- pretty much interested in it all. But my one abiding sporting passion, and really the only game I've played to any reasonable standard, is cricket. Um, and by reasonable standard, I mean I just about as a, as a late starter, sort of scraped into my school first team. In my final year, I play a, I've played a reasonable stand of club cricket over the years, but I'm no I'm no great athlete. I'm much more of a commentator rather than a player, shall we say? Um, <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, I do have a real, real love for for all sport now. Really, um, 
you know, I, I'm a massive fan of Brighton and Hove Albion Football Club. Um, I I watch and still still watch and follow cricket whenever I can. Um, uh, I watch rug, international rugby a lot. I love golf. Many members of staff will tell you about my absurd passion for obscure golf uh probably sometimes quite frustratingly i think when it comes to social occasions but i but yeah so so in short sport was never a natural fit for me but it's something i sort of grew to to love basically oh it's such a such a crucial i think part of um kind of your young teenage years and it's so good that you kind of found you know the kind of what suits you and Mm. what kind of makes you tick that's great Mm. um and you know cricket as well personally i'm not i'm i'm not super kind of um brainy on cricket but it's but no it's a great kind of classic english sport it's really really lovely um, yeah and i tell you what like the great thing about cricket is even now for example when i'm not particularly fit i don't play that much it's still lovely to go back to my home club and play the odd game on a saturday or a sunday and basically treat it as a great social day out with friends and whatnot. So that's that's the best thing about it for me now, really. Yeah, absolutely. And another the great thing actually about it, uh, now that you mentioned it really, is that I feel like you can play it a bit like golf, actually, which you just said. Um, you can play it quite a lot of ages, I feel like. Oh, I feel absolutely. Like, yeah, not many sports absolutely. you can. So it's, that's got a really unique aspect to it as well. And do you feature, well, I mean, I know the star cricket team, it's quite a, I know that's probably quite competitive. Is that something that you've uh, invested in as well? Well, I'm actually the current captain of the Oh, wow, okay, I didn't realise. I have to deal with all the politics. I mean, you you try managing people like uh, Dr. Bakker and Mr. Morris and and Mr. Fowler-Watt on (laughs) a cricket pitch. Yeah, totally. You know, the take them out, the to take get them on the pitch, and the old white line fever comes out. I can tell you that much. But now again, uh, staff cricket is just—it's a great way um, to, for us staff to just spend a Tuesday evening. Uh, and you know, we we take it varying varying levels of competitiveness depending on who you are. I mean, as captain, my kind of ethos for it is essentially just to make sure everyone has a good time. Um, and you know, if we win the game as a sort of as a sort of uh, uh, um, side effect of that, then fantastic, basically. Yeah, the win is kind of a it's, it's just second rate to you know the group spirit. It should, you know, always always Absolutely. is a priority. Yeah. Um, and last season, how how did how did we do? Uh, would you would you say? <laughs> so that's a good question. I mean, under again, maybe my ethos was a bit of a change in direction from the previous captain, uh, Mister Andy Bray, who was a great captain, but certainly. Certainly, likes certainly quite a competitive man. Um, we played probably played. I'm going to hunch have a hunch. Played six, uh, one three and lost three. Uh, although, don't ask how my own personal uh, performance went because last season was actually really one of the worst seasons of my life with the bat on a field. Um, so, so that that wasn't great. But you know, it was good fun was had by all. Oh, I'm sure you're being humble. I'm sure. That, I'm sure that's not the case. I'm. I'm, I'm sure you're. You're pretty handy with a bat. Um, <laughs> And so uh, your third your third choice here we have as Heart of Gold by by Neil Young. Oh, have I missed one? Oh, my, that's that's on me. Um, Night Swimming by REM, I believe is the is that the correct one? Yeah. Okay. So this is this is probably um, singularly probably my favourite song. I don't really listen to classical music that much. This is probably as close as you can get really to classical music via pop. It's just a lovely ballad written by R.E.M.'s lead singer, Michael Stipe, about a kind of experience he and his mates had, basically. And I think it's just a great song, full stop. Night swimming deserves a 
quiet night The photograph on the dashboard Taken years ago Turned around backwards so the windshield shows Every street light reveals a picture in reverse. Still, it's so much clearer. I forgot my shirt at the water's edge. The moon is low tonight. Swimming deserves a quiet night. I'm not sure all these people understand. It's not like years ago. Fear of getting caught. A recklessness of water. They cannot see me. by every day night swimming remembering that night September's coming soon pining for the moon and what if there were two side by side in orbit around the fairest sun the bright Ever drum could not describe night swimming. You, I thought I knew you. You, I cannot judge. You, I thought you knew me. This one laughing quietly underneath my breath. Night swimming. I'm not sure, I'm going to be honest, I'm not really sure how popular an opinion this is, but I was just saying, actually, as we, uh, as we heard this song, um, I'm, I'm actually quite a fan of, um, of listening to classical music uh, when I work, actually. I feel like I can concentrate quite a lot with it. Um, so it's great to see some classical music on here as well. Um, You're going to no, call it classical? Well, okay, yeah. I, yeah, I, no, I, w- I would call it, I don't know, I think it's definitely, 
It's definitely pop, isn't it? I know I'm not sure what the alternative rock. Yeah, is kind of right. Uh, I, I, as I said, I think it's probably the closest thing to classical that I can actually in really genuinely enjoy listening. Sort of, I, I'm just it's just never been my thing, really. Classical music, to be honest. Yeah, that sounds, yeah, yeah, totally. And it's yeah. not really mine either, but it's yeah. yeah, definitely nice to hear. I guess kind of something quite close to it. Yeah. Um, now I know, despite your, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> kind of call you out here a little bit, Doctor Philip. Despite you uh, saying just a second ago that you know. The violin wasn't really your your thing, but uh, talk to me a little bit about it. I mean, is this kind of your only experience with uh, with playing music? Uh, okay, so I learned, <laughs> I tried to learn the piano very young, and my uh, when when it became apparent that I was utterly useless, my I think I maybe just passed grade one, but my my teacher left a note my parents with the words "not much talent there." So, and I think that probably that probably said it all. I tried to learn the violin, and I persisted at it for a very long time without ever really ever achieving anything in it i mean i got a few grades but yeah not definitely not my thing basically i i in terms of creativity my real creative area is is when it comes to writing i mean i really enjoy right i used to write a lot of poetry um uh, i still very much enjoy you know writing all sorts of things um uh fiction and non-fiction stuff so that's that's my creative outlet i'd say no, that makes two of us, Dr. Spin. I've got a confession of mine. Actually, I played the violin for a little bit of time and uh, I was entirely useless as well. So there you go. It's and true, it's, it's And true. unfortunately, it's one of those instruments that if you aren't excellent at it, it really does expose you it as well does, because it, it makes a sound a little bit like a, stra- a cat being strangled. Being <laughs> oh, now when you say it like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, oh, no, it's, yeah, it's, um, no, not, not really, not really my thing either. Um, so, and I, I've, I've, oh no, I've got a big, big topic here as well, Dr. Pullen. Um, beekeeping. Now, you are, if it's not the sports show, then it's definitely beekeeping that you're renowned around these streets for. So, kind of talk to me about that idea. Where did you, was that a uni kind of um, experiment as well? No, that was, that's always been there, really. Um, I fell in love with beekeeping as a child, basically. I had a friend who did it once, who was probably the youngest beekeeper probably on the planet at that stage i imagine and i went round to his house once did one day and had a go got stung all over but from then on was utterly fascinated by uh, by it um and hence you know the, uh, i mean it's not for everyone but to my mind it's a really fulfilling and interesting hobby it's something where you know you're always you can never get too ahead of yourself with it you're you at one stage your colonies are doing great and then you know a couple of weeks later some disasters happen a hive's blown over or they've got diseased or whatever so it's just one of those i don't quite know how to put it but it's it's the fluctuating fortunes of 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 one's uh, own own kind of apiary and one's bees that that really interests me about it um um i just think i just think really it's it's a great hobby to have and it's something that really really interests me um, and I'm I'm happy that certain people at Bryanston have have been lucky enough to actually um, out of all the things I've done so far here, you know, reintroducing beekeeping here has certainly been one of the more fulfilling things because I know there are, are kids here who really enjoy it and find it as fascinating as I do. So I'm happy about that. That's honestly to me. I'm going to be honest, Doctor Pullen. It kind of kind of sounds like stocks and shares to me. You know, kind of yeah. going up and going down. Oh, absolutely. So, that, that's exactly not really, the sort of vibe. Yeah, definitely. So. Is it as a beekeeper? How do you? I assume you have to. I've, I mean, I've, I remember seeing your assembly um, 
um, gosh, I can't remember how long ago it was. Two now. years ago. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, with your kind of white, it almost looked like a spacesuit on. <laughs> to yeah, be I honest. Mean, I mean, you you don't want to not wear that, basically, because bees are, on the whole, honeybees, if they're looked after well, uh, are generally quite docile and manageable. But when they go off, they can seriously go off. Um, and that's why one encourages people to be as well protected as possible and wearing those suits it, it suits is really necessary i mean i've i've had some pretty nasty ex- over the years i've had some pretty nasty experiences with aggressive bees you know i even wearing a suit i've once or twice been stung upwards of 50 times in one event wow. and you know it's not it's it does it doesn't feel great you feel a little bit like oh this isn't good um so so yeah and you know Thankfully, at Bryanston, we've got very we've got bees from very good stock, um, who which have been you know really docile so far. We haven't had any issues like that. Whereas at home, I'm much more. I often will collect, for example, wild swarms and cut out wild colonies and that sort of thing. And you'd never quite know what you're getting there. Yeah, mixed bag. <laughs> yeah, kind of feels like high risk, high reward kind of thing. Well, hopefully it's not risky. I mean, you, you'd never want to do beekeeping if you're allergic. But at the end of the day, a bee sting, it's not. It's it's a, it doesn't do any lasting damage, um, and, and you know the 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 good times far outweigh those slightly uh, hairy experiences, shall we say? And you know you get the, the the real. It's such a rewarding moment at the end of the season where you take the surplus honey and you know get your own lovely, amazing uh, sort of um, uh, uh, rural rurally produced honey, essentially, and it does taste so much better than the stuff you'd buy in a supermarket, the mass produced stuff. Yeah, definitely that high reward aspect right there as well. Is it? Is it almost like a? Sorry, I'm, I'm you're really having to dumb it down for me. I'm no, no, go, that's absolutely fine. Ollie. Is it? Um, is it like a seasonal thing? Is it like you know, kind of prosperous yeah. in in the summer or or you so, know? So the beekeeping season. I mean, you have to do little jobs all year round, but the the season is really April to October, and the the most hectic time of year is April to to June, where essentially it's in the bees nature to try and expand by swarming and what swarming entails is they produce a new queen bee who takes off half the colony and they'll go and find a new nest basically uh, and so one of the main aims of the beekeeper essentially is to try and stop their bees from swarming because if your bees swarm you lose half the colony it sets you back it reduces the honey crop whatever and if you catch the swarm or 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 um, plan manipulation so as to limit swarming you basically keep your stocks high and can even expand and have more you know double your numbers of hives um and then basically summer's all about putting them in the best place to make as much honey as possible winter autumn this this at the moment is quite an important time of year at the moment we're just trying to bed them down for winter make sure they have enough food us having taken a little bit of honey from them um and then uh, over the winter basically you leave them be um, if you'll pardon the pun, I guess, uh, 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 just making sure they have enough stores and making sure they're protected from the elements. And then it all starts again in April, really. Gosh, it really is like a, a science in a way. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like an A-level doctor. Yeah, <laughs> it really it's, is it, quite, it's, it's tricky, yeah. to be honest. It's not, it's it's a hobby that you have to really sort of get into and yeah. throw yourself into because there are always jobs during the season that need to be done. And if you leave them, problems happen basically right. yeah. no totally so i have to be very careful on that front yeah. um so so uh, move i think i've got this one right this time heart of gold by neil young it, it, this is hopefully this is the correct track is yeah right? this is so this is i, I mean this th- there were many songs that i could have put in this lot this is sort of my kind of chilled out music vibe this is a i listen to a lot of neil young 
when I work, basically. I just find him a very amazing musician. I mean, the fact that in this song, for example, he's able to sing and then play uh, the harmonica and whatnot, an absolute genius. And this is a, a lovely song, basically. We're going to hear that all right now. Thank you, Dr. Pullen. lovely lovely stuff um so we were just chatting a little bit here um about um kind of honey and how it compares um kind of in the wild that you've uh built yourself in a way that you've kind of watched grow um with your colony compared to what it what it tastes like in a store setting um it's really interesting to um kind of understand that which is which is great um can we we were just chatting here actually so dr spinning uh, i've got to share with our audience when can we ever expect um uh, honey to kind of emerge in the Bryanston community that is being well that is really naturally naturally created so this season we took our first uh, crop of 50 pounds worth of honey we just took the surplus because obviously when I'm running a school beekeeping club my primary aim with those bees is to keep them alive and make sure 
we have colonies for students to inspect and stuff but we took 50 pounds worth um as in in weight so you know a considerable considerable amount um and we're just at the moment deciding quite what to do with that there are certain certain uh sort of um uh vested interest we say in terms of our we've been ha we've had some very generous uh donators to the club um uh who who i feel deserve to get some honey back from us um but uh we are certainly going to be providing some to the catering department as well who are going to be using it in some of their cooking and they might even uh if they can work it out and portion it out have it as an option at breakfast so absolutely give it a try um if that if that happens uh but yeah they'll certainly be using it in their cooking and stuff um and then if you know if we still have some left then we might sell some for charity at say a charities fair or something like that yeah some incredible intentions right no seriously i think that might encourage some of the uh definitely the portman and dorset boys to definitely go to breakfast a yeah little well bit there more you go there's a motive have try try honey produced out of your own back garden yeah, no, that's that's something. <laughs> definitely me for that little bit of that that walk up to breakfast. It definitely make it a hundred percent worth the worth the walk to to get some natural honey. Um, and on the honey, actually, is there? So again, just picture picturing here, really. Uh, is there much? So I mean, in in a season, how much can you? How much honey can you expect to uh expect to make? I, I assume it varies. So it, it depends on a lot of things, actually, Ollie. It depends pr firstly and foremostly on the weather. I mean, this summer was. It looked for a while like it was going to be the absolute summer of dreams for beekeepers, but then the as in lovely hot, a bit of rain, whatever. But then that drought set in, and actually that kind of stalled nectar production for the second half of the the summer. So then we had a really good start, and then things quietened down a bit. Um, but it was still unparalleled in terms of if you're comparing it with say last year, for example, where it rained all summer. Um, so good weather. Uh, and then the next thing is good management. So making sure they don't swarm, for example. Uh, um, but then there are methods one can use to maximize a honey crop, um, uh, which I wouldn't use because, as I said, my primary aim is just to keep these bees as healthy and as happy as possible. If I were a bee farmer, there are certain things I would do uh, to manipulate them, manipulate them into making more honey. Um, but you know that does put a degree of like all farming. If you're if you're doing it with a degree of intensity, what it does put is a bit of stress on the animal um so so for again for a school setting that's not not a, an aim behind our behind the beekeeping club really so you know the honey is a the honey really is the byproduct of the enjoyment we have out of the eca looking after the bees really yeah i guess the main kind of production away is enjoyment from yeah. the, the hobby really absolutely um, which is yeah so I guess as you've got, got to minimise the uh, the risk and the harm to the, uh, to yeah. the animal is, is the primary objective. Um, I'm going to go off on a big question here, really. I don't, don't want to put you in a tricky place, Dr. Pullum, but you mentioned cricket and you've mentioned beekeeping, kind of two focal points of today's show. Um, if you could keep or if you could continue one, what would it what would it be? Is there one that you almost I know they're wildly different. Is there one that you favour over the other in any capacity? So if I were to rank what I would say are my three kind of abiding interests in life which are classics beekeeping and sport it, i mean it'd be incredibly tough i mean i'd probably i'd probably have to bid farewell to beekeeping first of all um and then i mean the fact that i have skills in classics would again then say i'd have to then lose sport but it would be very sad for me uh, because i feel like together they form a nice well-rounded sort of 
range of interests really i have others as well obviously but those are the kind of big three for me the ho- almost like a, a, a trinity of some yeah, sense the, 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 yeah, exactly. the trio of dreams exactly. so exactly no, that's and the, the great thing about working here is that i've had a chance to sort of get involved in all of them so that's that's one of the good things about working in a school like bryanston that's the, that, honestly a great part for us students as well is that we can almost you know explore you know wild yeah, tap interests into like our that. interests yeah, absolutely exactly. which is what it's great for um slightly running out of time but Dr. Pullen, I mean, I just want to thank you for coming on the show this evening. And it's great to kickstart Brylandis after almost three months, actually, over the summer. It's been to um, kickstart it in such a positive fashion. So no. thank you very much for, for coming here, here this evening. Well, thank you for having me, boys. It's been a real pleasure, um, as ever. And yeah, I hope you have a great rest of the rest of the series for the term. Absolutely. Thank you. It's got, got high hopes. So thank you. And um, yeah, we'll play your, your final song to head out on. And Wow, I, I, again, I think this is, what, what, what a finale um, we can have. Um, so um, I think we're going to play The Winner Takes It All, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's the one I think, I mean, if we're able to. Oh, um, we've also, what, I'm, I'm, we're just chatting over here. Um, Dr. Pooh, one, well, one final quick question. I mean, this is by Island Discs after all. Is there anything that you would take to the island? One, one thing. One I would thing take. Only. Uh, I would take a copy of Virgil's Aeneid, which is in Latin, which is a Latin epic poem, and I would read it cover to cover and hoped absolutely to master the Latin language on my return. There you go. <laughs> this Virgil's final Aeneid. song. Book, can, yeah. Can absolutely. I just say one thing? I, of li- course. I I don't want to plug anyone here, but I. I'm a massive fan of ABBA, as many of the residents know. And last summer, I went and watched them in holographic form on their sort of comeback tour, um, at their voyage thing, which is basically you go to a you go to a stadium and you see them in hologram in their like 1970s absolute best form, uh, seeing some of their absolute bangers. And I can te- t- like a hundred percent recommend it. Basically, I went in not quite knowing what I was going to expect, but uh, you know, it's an absolute one you know it's it's an experience that you will never you've never ever seen before really i don't want to spoil it too much for anyone who wants to go um but i would 100 percent recommend it if you're an abba fan oh enticing uh unparalleled and timeless abba are if you ask me we're, we're gonna hear the winner takes all now thank you dr pullen once again thank you Zander, thanks very much for doing everything techie thank you thank you everyone we'll be back next week Probably the best school radio station in the world. This is Bry Radio. Proudly sponsored by the BPA.